I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. We're all ugly in the inside from sin before we are washed by the blood of Christ. But what I want to talk about here is after we're saved, are we choosing still to be ugly in the inside? And specifically, how do we treat others and what does our attitude say? You've heard that Christians will be the only Bible some people will ever read. When they look at your life, do they see Christ? Or by watching you, does it seem to make them even more confused? When I was in my 20s, I was a Christian, but I lived in sin. And because I was living in sin, I was running from God. And because I was running from God, I wasn't reading my Bible. And because I wasn't reading my Bible, my mind was not being renewed. And so I had a very worldly attitude. I treated others not by God's standards, and I was doing things that were making me the opposite of holy. I was wicked and rebellious. When we repent of our sins, God is so good to forgive us, but He also wants to grow us and for us to become more holy like He is. He wants us to actually be what we are supposed to be, Christ-like. But how often do we encounter other Christians who have the worst attitude and or treat others quite opposite of how God would want to treat them? If we look at our own selves, can we say that is not us? Oftentimes I hear other Christians, Christians that go to church every Sunday and those that don't go at all, that their sucky attitude is just how God has made them. Their aggressive behavior is just a part of their personality and God has made us all different. And yes, God has made us all different. Some people are leaders, some are supporters, some are detail-oriented, and some are visionaries, some are more direct, and some are more roundabout. We're all different, and we all work as one body with different jobs. So yes, I agree we are all different. But we have to be careful about making excuses for our behavior if ultimately it's displeasing to the Lord. Because then no, God did not make us that way. We all have down days and trying times when we give the steering wheel over to our flesh for a moment. But when it comes to our way of life, do we generally have a negative attitude? Do we constantly complain and murmur? Do we have something ugly to say about everyone and everything? Does that look like what Christ looked like on earth or now? By the way, he never changes, so he is the same yesterday, today, and in the future. But if we can say, nah, Christ does not look like a negative Nancy with baggage for miles and a constant whiner, why do we give ourselves permission to be? Let's look at some verses about our attitude. Philippians 4.11 Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. 1 Timothy 6, 6-8 But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. So if we're complaining and grumbling, we're not content with what God has given us in our life. My three-year-old has this book called Crosswords of Character by Kate Boyer Brown and Marilyn Boyer, and it defines contentment as knowing God has given me everything I need to be happy. Obviously, it's good to train preschoolers in how to be content, but it's not a bad idea for adults as well. In fact, in this day and age and culture, it's absolutely necessary. Check your heart. Are you content? Proverbs twenty nine twenty five: The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. There are many verses in fear and trust because they go hand in hand. 
And if we trust the Lord, we will not live in fear of man or this world. And a lot of times we can act negatively and carry around baggage out of fear and lack of trust. We can treat others in a way that is not pleasing to the Lord because we are fearful and guarded. What about you? Do you trust God or are you living in fear? What about your relationship with God? You might go to church every Sunday or you might feel like you're good with God and not go at all. But what does God want of you and are you fulfilling the lust of the flesh or are you walking in the spirit? Galatians 5:16 through 26. Buckle up. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, that was the country, (laughs) murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So the proof is in the pudding. What do you spend time thinking about, talking about, and doing? Does it look like the flesh or the Spirit? If you're checking off the check boxes of fulfilling the lust of the flesh, you're not living pleasing to God, and repentance is in order. When you fulfill the lust of the flesh, you naturally look more and more like the world because that's what they do too. They fulfill the lust of the flesh and that will come out in any way that you think, what you talk about, and what you do. Luke 6.45 A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. The good news is that if you have Christ within you, you have Christ within you. He is all-powerful and holy, and when you repent, submit to Him, and obey, He will make you holy like Him. 2 Corinthians 3.17-18 Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. I said glory in the last. No, I didn't. I said glory, but I meant to say glory. Um, When we stop being busy about our own work and wants, we can be busy being transformed by the Spirit of God and be busy about His work. Do you look transformed? Are you? Because if you are still grumbling and complaining and being negative about life, I would argue that you're not hardly transformed at all. You can't live in worship and service to Christ when you're murmuring like the Israelites when they were wandering in the desert for 40 years in disobedience. God didn't make you to do that. So quit wasting your time and God's time. It's silly. I also want to say the way we treat each other matters. Christian or not. I'm not talking about cheap grace, marshmallows, and unicorns, not speaking the truth when needed and confronting others. But the reason why we do that is to bring healing to a relationship between us and that person or them and God. Many times people are treating people ugly because of some selfish motivation or because they want to gossip or to be in control and full of pride. Though no one will admit that. If you find yourself justifying why you're treating someone ugly or making an excuse for it, chances are you are in the wrong and you need to be the one that apologizes and make amends to the party and to the Lord. 
If the Lord has led you to confront someone or speak the truth to someone or even give space between you and that person, you will be clear in that. God will speak specifically to you and confirm it with scripture. Don't have those? Then maybe it's your flesh talking. We're doing so much harm by letting our flesh take the driver's seat in our own pride, whether it's harm to the lost or to the other people in our own church. God does not desire this. Ephesians 4, 29-32, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let those verses tell you all that you need to know. And when God wants us to stop doing something, he asks us to replace it with something else. Usually opposite of the thing he wants us to stop doing, obviously. Like if you're negative and ugly to people, you need to be thanking God and praising him and tender-hearted to others. These things don't magically happen because you will them into existence or pray for instant transformation. You have to be in the word every day, putting off the old man, renewing your mind and taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. You have to get your daily bread from the Lord. Wouldn't that be a wonderful Thanksgiving and Christmas present? If you just stop being an ugly, hateful, negative Nancy <laughs> and truth be told, we all have at least a glimmer of that old man in us that we all need to submit to the Lord. So let's all take a look in the mirror. Ask God to search our hearts so that he can make us more and more like him each day. Because honestly, isn't that a better way to live? And isn't that the purpose in this life? If you have any questions or prayer requests, please feel free to message me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I will talk to y'all next Monday. (laughs) 